Welcome to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. I'm Dr. Glenn Kinkin, Senior Minister here at Centenary. My hope is that this podcast will give you some good news for your journey today. Our scripture lesson today comes from Matthew's Gospel, the 21st chapter, verses 1 through 11. Hear with me now the reading of God's holy word. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and in it you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her side. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. And a very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds went ahead of him, and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? And the crowds, they answered, This is Jesus the prophet of Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Almighty and gracious God, we give you thanks for this glorious day. We give you thanks for this parade of parades. We give you thanks for so many blessings in life. So as we hear your word read and proclaimed, I humbly pray that you would speak to our hearts and transform our lives so that we would not just be hearers of your word, but also doers of your word. In your son's holy name we pray, amen. One of the highlights of the way my family celebrates Thanksgiving is that we go into Blowing Rock for the Blowing Rock Christmas Parade. Now, like all good events where a good seat is important, things such as Christmas Eve Love Feast at Home Moravian Church, or opening night of Star Wars, or in the student section at the Cameron Indoor Stadium, or maybe even that prime couch seat for online worship, you have to get there early for the parade. You have to get into downtown Blowing Rock before they close the streets, but even much earlier than that, so that you get a good spot. Several years back, while we were going to the parade, we had arrived about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes beforehand, and we staked out our spot on the curve, set our chairs up, and we were just kind of sitting there. At different parts of the family may have gone and explored the shops, but we're basically just sitting there waiting for the parade to begin. And within 15 or 20 minutes of us getting there, everybody to the right and left of us filled in. And across the street, the same thing was happening. And so about an hour or so before the parade, 
There are people on both sides of the road staring at each other, telling stories, laughing, talking amongst themselves. And while we're sitting there, a car with out-of-state plates kind of rolls up slowly in front of where we were sitting, and they rolled the window down, and these were their words. Excuse me, is there a parade today? Now I have to tell you that I have a little bit of a, a mischievous side, and so there were a lot of responses that I wanted to roll out, but my favorite one that I was just about to say is, well, no, this is just what we do on a Saturday. We sit across the street and stare at each other. But instead, I behaved myself. I mean, it was almost the Christmas season. And I said, why, yes, there is a parade. It starts in about an hour. And you should stop and say it's a sweet, fun parade. And so I didn't think another thing of it, and then sure enough, an hour later, the parade started, and along came the floats and the bands and the dance groups and the church groups, and all the different merchants had uh, different floats and parades. And somewhere in the middle of the throng, I looked across the street, and there was the family that had driven by asking if there was a parade. And they were caught up in it just like we were, reaching for candy, trying to cheer on the different groups that were coming by, just enjoying life. You see, parades are like that. They start up and we are captivated by them. We are drawn into them. Palm Sunday Parade, the one that I just read from Matthew, is a parade that trumps them all, though. It started out simple enough, Jesus riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Interestingly enough, the same type of animal that his mother rode into Bethlehem on just before he was born. The people got caught up in it. They took their coats off and they laid them on the road. They snapped off branches of nearby trees. And so palm trees being prevalent in the Middle East, that's what they laid down. But if it had happened here in Winston-Salem, it might have been oak branches or dogwoods or maybe even the longleaf pine. And so they were laying these on the road and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Simple and glorious praise, caught up in it. But even in the midst of this being just a parade, it was different than any parade anyone had ever seen. I mean, if you think about it, we have parades really for about three different things. We have parades to sort of celebrate the holidays, for example, a St. Patrick's Day parade. Or we might have a parade of sorts to honor and respect and to mourn someone who had died, a funeral procession. Or then there is the victory parade where we celebrate our teams winning the big prize or the big game that they were playing. But on Palm Sunday, the parade was very different. It was very different because in reality what it was, it was all three types of parades rolled into one. A celebration, a parade of mourning, and at the same time, a parade of victory. When we think about parades, when we think immediately of celebrations, we think of Christmas parades or Mickey's Magical Musical Circus or a St. Patrick's Day or the Blowing Rock Christmas Parade. But my guess is if I said parade, the vast majority of us would immediately think of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I mean, it's been going on since 1924. It works along a six-mile route right down the middle of Manhattan. 
And in that parade, you've got balloons of all sorts of characters and ornaments. They've got these creations called faloons, which are really float balloons. And then you've got balloonicles, which I think they're making these words up, by the way. But you've got balloonicles, which are vehicles that are balloons. And then you've got all kinds of performers and bands singing and dancing and, and entertaining along this six-mile route. And 3.5 million people wedge themselves along the route, shoulder to shoulder, two, three, four, five people deep, just to witness it. And another 44 million of us watch on TV, caught up in this fun, festive environment, and cannot help but make it just a part of our Thanksgiving Day celebration. Because we realize that something big is coming. Something big is right around the corner. We don't know what float or what balloon it'll look like, but we're kind of excited to see what it'll be. See, Palm Sunday was that type of parade. Palm Sunday was about something big coming, something to see. It was about Jesus coming around. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. But what I wonder is when the crowd was snapping their branches off and yelling, shelling, shouting Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, I wonder, did they fully understand what was happening do they fully comprehend the full measure of Jesus coming in to Jerusalem? Do they fully understand God and God's love for all of creation? So my question for us is as we celebrate it today, what does it look like if we reflect upon the blessings of our own lives, the blessings that God has given to us and God's love for us, that we don't just get caught up in waving our branches and shouting Hosanna, but we get caught up in God's love, in God's gifts to us. Take a moment, look around you, look around wherever you are listening to this service, watching the service, participating in it. Your blessings are right there in front of you, in the room with you. Maybe even some of them are distant from you, but still you can be in touch with them. Another parade of sorts is a funeral procession. You know, here in the South, we have, especially in small towns in the South, we have this tradition that when the funeral procession comes by, led by the, led by the hearse, followed by all the family cars, and then other guests and those that want to honor, everyone has their lights on. And of course, what happens is, is that cars pull over to the side of the road to let the funeral procession pass in both ways, both lanes of traffic just come to a stop to let the funeral procession through. People on the street pause where they are until the hearse passes out of respect and out of mourning. When decorated Navy SEAL Chris Kyle passed away some years ago, his funeral procession stopped the entire state of Texas and our nation. See, following the service, his body went on a 200-mile journey from the football stadium where his life was celebrated to his burial plot at the Texas State Cemetery in Austin. And over that 200-mile journey, the road was lined with fire trucks and police vehicles and ambulances, cranes hanging the American flag, people lining the streets and the highways and the bridges and the overpasses, holding up signs, expressing their condolences, waving American flags, all showing their support of the family, all remembering his life and his sacrifice. 
But one of the most poignant images in that was as the traffic went through on the interstate, the other side was dead stopped, and a man rolled out in a wheelchair carrying an American flag almost to the median of the highway to pay his respects because of what he thought of Chris Kyle. When that parade happened in Jerusalem so many years ago, little did they know that their hosannas would give way, their hosannas would give way from a parade into Jerusalem, but to one from the palace to the cross, where they would go from shouting hosanna to shouting crucify him. And while they celebrated Jesus, they were also preparing their hearts, unbeknownst to them, to mourn him. And so my question for us today is, as we shout Hosanna, do we ponder the pain of his betrayal and his death? Do we mourn our own fickleness where today we might shout Hosanna, but tomorrow we might have just as easily shouted, crucify him, crucify him. You see, I think as that parade happened in Jerusalem, while it was a celebration, it was also one of mourning. But then mourning gives way to the greatest kind of parade. You see, in Halloween of 2018, the city of Boston experienced that third type of parade, the Victory Parade. On that day at 11 o'clock in the morning, 20 duck boats left Fenway Park filled with players and their families, and they drove down Boylston Street all the way to the Boston Public Market. And the whole way they were there, a million members of Red Sox Nation celebrated the Red Sox ninth World Series and their victory over the Dodgers. Confetti cannons and streamers and signs celebrating that the Red Sox had won the World Series trophy, baseball's highest award, baseball's greatest victory. I wonder as the crowd celebrated Jesus' entry into Jerusalem, I wonder if they had a clue that true victory was at hand, that it was just around the corner. That while they celebrated the coming of the one in the name of the Lord, did they realize what it really meant? Did they understand that the parade of Palm Sunday would give way to that of Good Friday and to the victory on Easter Sunday with the empty tomb? And so today, as we celebrate Palm Sunday, as we shout Hosanna, as we think about this, do we comprehend the victory that is available to us and what it represents in our lives because Christ came and was willing to die for us and be raised from the dead? So as I think of Palm Sunday and I think of what it means for us today, it really is those three parades in one, isn't it? And so as we enter the week of Holy Week, while we're living in this pandemic wilderness in which we find ourselves, I hope that we will do these things. I hope that we will celebrate the goodness and the blessings that God has provided for us in our lives. I hope that we will mourn our own shortcomings and our temptation to give up hope even when things look bleak, but that we will rejoice that we'll rejoice that Christ triumphed over the grave and won the ultimate victory for us because that's really what this is all about. Let us get caught up in that parade, the parade that celebrates all three aspects of it, that celebrates all of Jesus' life and earthly ministry to realize that he came into Jerusalem for us. He came into the world for us and that he was raised from the dead for us. Let us shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. 
Hosanna in the highest for all the world to hear this day. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to Heart, Soul, and Mind, the podcast from Centenary United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll consider joining us for worship on Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock or Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, or 11. Have a blessed day.